Yes, we know it's Central Arkansas. We get that. But we're going to tell you three ways that Ole Miss is going to come out and be victorious anyway. And as Bo Cephas once said, are you ready for some football? Are you? This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications when new videos go up, which is quite frequent, and of course, upvote the video itself. Also, I want to say today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So it's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Sounds like a pretty good deal. All right. We know it's Central Arkansas. So we're going to ask everybody to be patient because we're going to do this segment every week. And every week it will not be Central Arkansas. And as ridiculous as this sounds, we're going to do the same thing when we play Alabama. So how will Lane Kiffin be victorious against Central Arkansas? Well, first of all, we're going to change it this week to what we want to see because I don't think there's any real way that Ole Miss loses this game. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. They're going to do what they need to do, and everything is going to be onky-dory for them. But, number one, clean things up operationally. That's the most important thing moving forward. Remember, we have a deadline of October 1st that everything needs to be right. We need to be where we want to be right then. There's no time after that. That is where you need to be where you want to be. You've got all of these steps to get better and better and better. You need to be where you want to be October 1st. So the first thing that I think needs to happen on this Ole Miss team is they need to clean up what they're doing operationally. Less turnovers, less penalties. Everything runs smoothly. Now, a lot of this is a product of so many new faces everywhere. And like we told you for months leading into the season, this season is going to be a grand experiment. It's probably going to be a pain at times, and it's going to be very good at times. But it's going to be a grand experiment to see if this many new faces and this amount of turnover can be successful um, in a season at Ole Miss and playing football. And even though the transfers in many cases have multiple years of eligibility, some of them only have one, but mo- most of them have multiple years of eligibility left. So I want to see the operation cleaned up. I want to see snaps get better. I want to see um, substitutions get better. I want to see tempo get better. I want to see them slow tempo down a little bit. Mike Espy brought up on the postgame show that they were going a bit too fast for all these new faces. And because, honestly, that's the only speed they know. But it would have behooved them to slow it down a little bit in game one, and that would have made it operationally probably work a little bit better. But I understand, you know, you play one speed, play as fast as possible. That's what Ole Miss football is doing. So that's one. Clean up the operational stuff. Number two. You have SEC athletes. Use them. 
And that means come out, run the football, establish your identity. I know that it's going to be so tempting to try and force the passing game, even though it's UCA. And I know that that can give you beneficial practice reps, but whoever's the starter is going to be 60, 70 snaps behind where he would have been whenever he takes the job, whoever starts against Georgia Tech next week. Because if it was Jackson Dart, he's going to lose this UCA game to where he could have tweaked things and cleaned things up a little bit. If it's Luke Altmyer, he lost the Troy game. And that's 65, 70 snaps that he lost there as well. And I think these quarterbacks, whoever wins this job, needs as many reps as possible. You have SEC athletes, run the football, Zach Evans, Quinchon Judkins, Ulysses Bentley, use those. Use the circle routes, the angle routes, the Texas routes, um, the flare routes. Use the running backs out of the backfield. Get the safety to bite up and hit him on a deep ball to, to where the safety gets that little bit of indecisiveness that which can open up the middle of the field as well. Ole Miss doesn't have a quarterback problem. That's the narrative that some are going to want you to um, know about. But both of these guys can compete really well this season. I personally predict that Jackson Dart's going to be the ultimate winner of this competition. You've, I've got a video on that. But also have videos on making the case for Luke Altmaier. I've got cases about, um, we've talked about the quarterback competition for six months. I do not have any sort of a root and interest, and whoever wins the job, I'm going to root just as hard for. But this weekend, it's going to be Luke Altmaier. He's in the game. So it's going to sound like I'm a total Luke Altmaier fanboy because I'm going to be rooting so hard for him. And that's the way that I profess that everybody does. Root for the logo on the side of the helmet. Do not root for the individual quarterback. And just root like heck for whichever quarterback is in the game at that particular time. If you do that, you're going to be fine. Because whoever ultimately wins this job will make Ole Miss better. I'm not a fan of how they're handling this right now. Doesn't mean it's not going to work. Doesn't mean it's not going to be exactly what we need. But my opinion is this this way is inviting trouble. There's just so many ways that I can see that trouble kind of develops and that affects you as a potential transfer destination down the road. I think this should have been ironed up in fall camp. You make $8 million a year. It's going to be a hard decision. Make it. And if it's wrong, put the other guy in. They're not going to hold you. You've got all that capital. You could have gotten away with this. But I understand that he probably wants to do good by both players. He probably likes them both. And he genuinely cares about them. I, I get all of that. But for Ole Miss, I worry about it. That is my point about that. All right. So number two is um, you have SEC athletes use them, so run the ball. Zach Evans, Quinchon Judkins, Ulysses Bentley, run the ball. Number one was clean up your operational mistakes. All right? Number three is get a little bit – I know they're not going to do it against UCA, but you're running out of time in a number of scrimmages to get kind of exotic defensively. And I want to see at least something – exotic that they do now in game one we saw basically three different defenses and it was all depending on where Card Coleman was and 
where Otis Reese was and things like that. We, we, we saw that. I want to see something special. I want to see something wowing. Um, and this is a game to where you have a chance to get something right. You put, can put something on film that makes Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech worry about it whenever he looks at it. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on. I want to see Tysheem Johnson and Aisheem Young continue the relationship. A.J. Finley just keeps chugging along. Otis Reese and Ladarius Tennyson up near the box. They, they absolutely work out. Unlike the athletes on this defense, they have a chance to be really, really good. And I think it's just important that they continue to show growth. Again, big boy football starts October 1st. Everybody is saying that except for Lane Kiffin because he's not going to say that. But everybody else is saying that. When Kentucky comes in, there's going to be a stripe out. Everything is pointing towards that being a huge game. Kentucky has to get by Florida this weekend. Florida looked decent. Anthony Richardson looked legit. He's like a plus version of that um, Levi. I forget his last name that played at Louisiana under Billy Napier last year. But that, that athleticism has turned out to be a really good thing for those guys. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. But those are the three things that I want to see, and that is how Ole Miss is going to defeat Central Arkansas Saturday. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check from your favorite at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. I'm going to use that cash to basically hit the secondary market for tickets and help me help fund my game addiction, essentially. So you can get the games that way. So what you need to do to get started, download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit and debit card, and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts including Spotify and iTunes, please leave a five-star review on there. You can say whatever you want to say. Just leave a five-star review. That'll help others find the podcast whenever they search Ole Miss Podcast. This one will come up. That five-star review will be very beneficial, and I will be very happy. So, in the first segment, we talked about the three ways that Ole Miss wins. Now, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback competition. And I've said multiple times, Lane Kiffin makes $8 million a year. He's paid to make difficult decisions. And if we all snickered, and we did, we all snickered at Jim Harbaugh for what he decided to do, and then we defend what we're trying to do, that's kind of a hypocritical critical look because it's essentially the same thing. And if, if we're being honest about it, Harbaugh was probably more honest about that situation than ours. But that, that is what it is. I think that 
the game thing is inviting trouble. You start at Jackson Dart against Troy. He got the first look. Fans saw him. You bring in Luke Altmyer. You risk Luke Altmyer throwing for 250, which he should against Central Arkansas. The operation looks better because we're in a game two, and the receivers break out and a couple of deep balls get hit against Central Arkansas. And then you have a thing where the fan base is like, well, why isn't Luke the guy? When in reality, whenever you watch the film, Luke Altmyer actually made more mistakes than Jackson Dart did. I'm just saying that this opens up that scenario. Now, I wouldn't mind seeing Luke throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns and get the start against Georgia Tech. I wouldn't mind Jackson Dart throwing for 350 yards against Georgia Tech and five touchdowns. Whoever's quarterbacking, I'm going to wholeheartedly root for. But I do think we just invited trouble by doing this. Nothing that says quarterback is is done this way. If they were so close, Jackson Dart gets the tiebreaker because you've heard Bill Flowers, you heard Mike Espy. Whenever you have a big-name transfer and you're trying to bring in big-name transfers, the other person has to outright win the job. If it's close, it isn't good enough. And so that is in my head. So that's where my prediction comes from, thinking that way and seeing what's going on. And if we're going to be honest about it, just being honest, no rooting either way, Jackson Dart didn't play poorly against Troy. That is a narrative made up by people that just remember the end of the game. They don't necessarily remember him going 10 for 12 in the middle of the game and looking pretty good doing it. He completed a touchdown pass. He just made a mistake, got hard on himself, and he missed a third down. Those are two passes, two out of 27. Now he needs to clean those up, obviously. But let's not act like it was the second coming of Matt Corral in 2019 or um, Michael Spurlock in 2004 because the offense didn't look like that. So I want Luke to throw for as many yards as possible and do as well as possible he can possibly do. I want him to actually show me something. I have my beliefs, my predictions. Prove me wrong. Prove what I've been saying wrong. If you do that, you'll prove what I've been saying right. Because I did say, and I have said, whoever wins this job will make Ole Miss better. Whoever wins this job will make Ole Miss better. But it all comes back to my favorite saying of all, though. It's one thing to be talented, and it's quite another to be good. We are trying to get to the point where we are good. And we'll see exactly how that goes. Should be a lot of fun. I'm enjoying this quarterback competition. I want it to be over. I am rooting for brevity at this point in the quarterback competition. Whoever starts against Georgia Tech, this quarterback competition story needs to be over. Now, I will say this before um, I get to Jason Jordan, who's going to talk a little basketball in segment three, by the way. We're going to talk about the 2022 recruiting class and players that we need to keep an eye on. Um, John Garcia, basically this week, um, his wife is having um, their baby. So John is obviously out. 
So we'll see exactly what goes on. We wanted to get Jason Jordan on here. Central Arkansas seemed like a good time. Get him here, get him the bye week, and that'll get us ready for basketball as well. So kind of lost my train of thought there for a second, but Jason Jordan will do fantastic things. But root for brevity, essentially, in this quarterback competition. We, we just need it to be over at this point because there's so many things that this team needs to work on that can't be done until the quarterback competition is completed. There's things that are, quote, culture, which I hate that word because the first four letters of culture is cult. And whenever you have these issues that are going on with transfers coming in, and and Lane Kiffin's going to harp on them because he needs you to. He needs you because if you're harping on one thing, you're not looking at another place that you want to look at. So distraction's a large part of his game. But... There, it can be said that players might be thinking they can get away with a little bit of stuff because that voice from the quarterback, that uncertainty, everybody trying to be the nice guy and being well-liked and trying to expand their clicks within the team is a real thing. Now, I think that Luke or Jackson can do this job very well, and they practice. You see the videos of both of them all excitable. They're doing what they need to do, but the rest of the team will not take them seriously as the starting QB1 until somebody is named and has won this job, period. And in my opinion, that should have happened two weeks ago. That would have changed the way that they played against Troy. That would have changed the way they prepared for Central Arkansas and will ultimately play against Central Arkansas, my opinion. But that's the way that I would do that. Lane Kiffin obviously gets paid $8 million a year to make this decision. So Hopefully, this will work out. And there's no, there's nothing that says it won't work out, if we're being honest about it. There's nothing that says that. But hopefully, it will work out. Anyway, Jason Jordan coming up right after this. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. It doesn't matter what you say. Just leave a five-star review. Anyway, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, this is our introduction to Jason Jordan. He is the college basketball recruiting analyst for Locked On, and we're going to take this opportunity to do a little segment to kind of preview who the players that Ole Miss might have for this season. Because, as you know, Jason, there's a ton of turnover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, always. <laughs> yeah. Always, you, guys have a, you guys have a new group. Definitely yeah. have a new group. Yeah, a lot of people. We uh, the, the group's going to be led by um, some of the old standbys, Matthew Morrell and um, I can't remember the point guard's name, but uh, he's a really good player. But um, we're here about the um, recruiting class for 2022, yeah. and Ole Miss signed four players. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about these guys and what we can expect from them. Well, I, I've seen most of the guys on the circuit. Um, and so I, I think you have a really good group, a lot of talent, a lot of size, good good versatility. I would say I would start with TJ Caldwell, 6'4", uh, scoring guard. Um, uh, and the, the biggest thing I would say about him is he's a super athlete. So he's a great two-way player. Um, 
a versatile defender because of his length. I think he's good about 6'4", but um, he's a guy you cannot keep out of the, the paint. You're not keeping him out of the paint. You're not staying in front of him because he's he's really shifty with his ball handling ability. And, um, you know, he's a guy I definitely think that uh, Kerman will be able to use from day one for sure. Uh, Malik, Ewan, I can't remember, Ewan, Ewan, yeah, we, Malik, <laughs> six ten, big body. Big, strong finisher, man. A very versatile, too, um, ball handler. He's an underrated playmaker, um, but he's an amazing rebounder. Um, big body down there. He cleans up well. Uh, great hands. Great touch in the paint. But um, he can. he's a big who can take you out on the, the wing, and he can create from the high post. Um, great face-up game, and you have to respect it, so that's what makes him more dangerous because he is such a – I think he goes about 230, 240. Something like that, but he's around six ten. Um, so then you have Amari Abram, six three point guard. Um, loved him at SoCal last year. He played with some really talented players, and a lot of times he was the best player on the court. And that was with, with some really talented players um, who were at times he played with five stars, and he was the best player on the court. Um, just a guy who get he thrives in getting downhill, but a very high IQ guy, a versatile playmaker who creates for himself. But he also creates for his teammates great, great vision, dictates pace very well. And a guy who also um, is a great defender on the perimeter, too. And then right, lastly, but you know, certainly not least, Robert Cowherd is a shooter. Right. I mean, he does other things, but he's going to earn his time stroking it from the perimeter because that's what he does best. I think he played with uh, Amari at SoCal. And so uh, that that's a talented four. I would definitely say um, that's a uh, that's a. That's a very talented class. I think they were just on the outside of our 2022 top 25. I remember like going back and forth uh, on that, but um, they definitely were deserving of being in the top 25 because that's a good collection of uh, four guys that I think will be able to step in and, and contribute in large ways and in small ways next season or this season. Well, um, whenever you take these four players and you see them as a collective, how does that mean when you th- think of the way Ole Miss wants to play? How do, how does that look? Well, I mean, because of their because of, I, I say this all the time. Co- the the new wave and the new methodology is to load the court with playmakers and um, you know guys who can score the ball out three levels. Three of these guys can. Well, really four. I mean, Malik can too, but it's not what he does regularly. So clearly, Carmen was uh, you know. <laughs> taking the new age blueprint with loading the court with playmakers, versatile playmakers who you can use interchangeably. And that four definitely is a, a group and a core that can be used interchangeably and, and, and guys that you can use in different sets, especially on the defensive end of the ball, because uh, they can guard multiple positions um, and score in a variety of different ways. And those guys are like, they're wired to just no their personalities aren't, um, aren't selfish um, so from what I know of them, from what I've seen of them, they, they like to share the ball, right? So um, you're going to get a lot out of a group like that that is wired like that. And, that, you know, it sounds cliche to say, but it's not, it's not normal. <laughs> Most guys are not wired like that, at least especially not all of them. But I, would, I can say that I've laid eyes on all of them multiple times, and I've never – I definitely get the sense that they are um, a group who likes to share the ball. All right. Um... 
Have you looked at their transfers at all? Do you have any idea about those guys? I haven't seen a lot of their transfers. I won't. I won't uh, make that up. I haven't seen a lot of their transfers. Um, so you know, I don't know a great deal about their transfers. I definitely okay. don't know a lot of transfers. Yeah, yeah. The you, I was going to ask you about that kid, Josh Mbala, and maybe you had because whenever he went to Texas Tech and then he went to Buffalo yeah. and he kind of bounced around. Uh, but yeah. we will we will get to that in another day when um, yeah. you can perhaps drop some eyes on that. So, Ole Miss has their three. You got Jamin Brakefield coming back. Um, okay. You've got um, Matthew Morrell. You've got a whole bunch of great players that are coming back. You and. How will these guys mesh with what they already have? Right. So because, you know, so the key there is that they're uh, unselfish, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think all of these guys, well, most of them, uh, definitely uh, Rob and Amari and definitely TJ, even Malik too. They all like are guys who um, – their personalities on their teams that I saw was to uh, accept their role, right? And so I think they realize when they accept their role, that is what makes them successful. Uh, oh, the irony! And so um, I think because they're wired that way, they'll they'll mesh well with Jamin, who's a guy I've seen for six, seven years. I uh, love Jamin, um, and I think they'll be able to follow that lead. I think they, they'll fall in line, right? Like, I think they're wired like that. And they're very talented. So, Jamie's a guy who, um, you know, obviously, you know, his background, played at Duke, played with a bunch of stars. Um, but, you know, he's stepping into a, you know, a leading role. And um, I think he'll thrive there because he's a, he's a really good uh, leader. He's a good He's a good leader in regards to the way he, he can do it – obviously um with his play but i think he's he's really grown as a vocal leader too so i think um those guys will fall in line with him morell and, and you know i'm expecting big things this season for sure all right deshaun ruffin is the name of the person i forgot to mention earlier um and speaking of which he's coming back off of an acl and i'm yeah. sure you saw deshaun um as oh, yeah. a high schooler quite a bit with the way he plays how do you foresee an acl injury and him bouncing back from that yeah. So it's a new day, right? Me and you would probably say back when we played or, you know, uh, back in that day, ACL was like a kiss of death, right? Even mm-hmm. coming back from here, like, you're not going to be the same. You're not going to – it's going to affect him. But there's the, – the way – I mean, I've, I write these 10 stories a year on ACLs and talk to so many doctors and trainers, and they're like, even if you can – you realize the time for the recovery of ACL used to be like nine months, almost a year. I see guys coming back four months, five months, definitely six months. And they're, they're strong. They're, the ACL is stronger than it was before. So, you know, there've been so many uh, technological advances and uh, breakthroughs in medicine. This is what I've been told by doctors and trainers and stuff like that. And so um, the, I get what you're saying about the way he plays super explosive, um, you know, always going, 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 you know, that's they say sound very, very high energy guy. But because because I've seen, I'll give you a great example. MJ Rice. A lot of people forget that he tore his ACL. Um, he's at Kansas now. He's all McDonald's All American. The wind at Kansas. He tore his ACL like junior year, I think it was, maybe sophomore year of high school, and he was out for the year. 
but he came back and he was by far, I mean, visibly better than he was before. Another one was Jeremy Rocha Duke. He tore his ACL senior year of high school. And you see the March he had last year was uh, like one for the record books. So I, you know, a guy, and he plays like Deshaun, right? They, they play similar uh, styles. So, you know, from based off what I've seen in the last five years, I thoroughly expect him to be Deshaun Ruffin, you know, yeah. and a guy who's definitely gonna um, step into a starring role. That's just his personality and that's just his makeup. And that's just how he is. I mean, he, he's a dog out there and I expect him to play like that. He's not a guy who's probably, who's gonna um, overthink the injury. You know, he's, he's wired different. Like he's, he's on a different level for sure. Um, mentality wise. All right. Before I let you out of here, um, there's another one. I'm just curious if you know anything about this is a current player. Did you cover it all? James white when he was coming up? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw, uh, yeah, a decent amount of him. I saw a decent amount of him um, on the circuit. Okay, um, he, was, he, he was a star whenever Ole Miss had their Bahamas trip in June. Yeah. He had like three straight games over 20 points in a player. And I, I just any, – anything that you have on him, I would gladly take as well. Just super versatile. Um, he's another mentality guy. But mm-hmm. I, that, that I do remember very well about uh, James – just a guy who um, is wired to to make plays. And, you know, I think he thrives. Obviously, he's a great scorer, but I think he thrives as a playmaker as well, and I think that's an underrated part of his game. Definitely a guy who's going to be able to step in and um, obviously is already <laughs> contributing for you guys this year. But um, he's a guy who knows that – so there are guys – I say this all the time. There are guys who think they're the best player on the court, and there are guys who know it and they just know it within themselves. And I feel like James kind of fits that bill. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, we talk about Mamba mentality. James is kind of like that. He's very um, self-confident um, in a great way. And, you know, you can be self-confident and be outwardly self-confident, but I think he's a guy who's like, in, you know, he, he just knows it, and that's enough. And um, he just goes – he's always gone out. And Every time I've watched him play, especially on the circuit, which is more telling because you're playing against uh, – guys who are at your level or better he's always been one of the best players on the court if not the best player on the court um and and that's saying a lot between between him and matthew morrell could one of them play the three at the college level yeah i definitely think so i definitely think um i think both of them have the versatility too i think maybe james may be a little bit more uh, ready to play the three right now at, Mm. at this level but um i definitely think they both have the versatility too um, and they certainly can guard multiple positions. So I think they're both guys that, you know, um, Kermit is going to be able to run with a lot of different lineups, especially on the defensive end, because they check a lot of those boxes off. All right. Um, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first okay. listen every day. Now for your second listen, go to the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, the local team experts, and Odyssey NFL insiders are all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search your ultimate pro football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was just awesome, man, and hopefully we can do it again pretty soon. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. All right. 